He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a beautiful hill country morning. And why is it so beautiful? It's because you woke up in the hill country. You did not wake up in New Jersey or Poughkeepsie or what? what's the name of that? Poughkeepsie. See, I don't even know how to say it, but it just sounds fun to say you woke up in the hill country, so say a quick prayer of thanksgiving to God and uh, ask for guidance on how to deal with your new neighbors from California. And uh, there you go. That That's a pretty good uh, combination uh, prayer to get your day started this morning. Um, I'm here because I want to get you engaged in the process of self-governance. The, the form of government government that was handed to us over 200 years ago depended upon a, a self-governance. It depended on self-discipline. In fact, we were told that this type of government is only good for a moral people. Well, a moral people, very big part of what a moral people have is discipline. And it's self-discipline. And we turn that into self-governance. And uh, if you don't have morals, if you don't have self-discipline, this type of government is wholly unsuitable for you. All right. And uh, so that is probably at the root of so many of our issues we're dealing with today. So my focus here is to get you engaged to do whatever we can, our little bitty pieces, our baby steps to take the country um, back to the idea of self-governance. Now, we start it locally. That's the easiest place. Um, how many of us can just uh, hop on our little private jet and fly to D.C. Uh, regularly? We can't, all right? And so we deal with what's in front of us, those who are able to. That's your school district. That's your city council. That's your county commissioners. And even your local representative, your representative to Austin, that is local. That is someone you should be able to get a hold of extremely easily and have a visit with. That should be just a matter of a phone call and make an appointment. And uh, so that is where I try to focus on getting you engaged locally. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. We've got some opportunities for you to be informed and in order to be engaged, you need to be informed. Um, this Thursday, that would be tomorrow night, the Fredericksburg Tea Party will be hosting a forum for the candidates for Fredericksburg Independent School District's Board of Trustees. Now, we call them the Board of Trustees, uh, but everybody else says uh, school board. But uh, that's what they are uh, referred to here as, uh, as the Board of Trustees. And... Um, the um, there are three seats up for grabs in the Fredericksburg Independent School District Board, and one of them is a one-year term, and two of them are three-year terms. And so those candidates, all six, have agreed 
to uh, uh, attend this forum to, tomorrow night at St. Joseph's Hall. The meeting begins at 6.30, and the dinner, we serve dinner at 6 o'clock. It is, comes with a suggested donation of about $7, helps us cover the cost of that meal, um, brought to us by our good friend Rex, and uh, who does it, by the way, Rex does this for pretty much the cost of the groceries, and uh, his time and uh, the time and energy he puts in is his donation to the Fredericksburg Tea Party. I want to thank Rex very much for that. Um, so that is uh, tomorrow night, school board, school board trustees um, b- b- forum at St. Joseph's Hall brought to you by the Fredericksburg Tea Party. Then on Saturday... Listen, this is another way to get informed. I know it's a comedy show, um, but it is, uh, you will learn so much there, it'll blow your mind. Um, and you'll have a good time laughing about it. Um, if you want tickets to that, um, it, there, it's free. It's free. Um, this is an amazing opportunity. And uh, so if you want to go see Rick Green, Brad Stein, and I believe there's a couple of other people with him, I did get a note that uh, uh, Alan West will not be attending the uh, Fredericksburg event. He has listed um, at PatriotAcademy.com as being, um, as being at some of the events um, and he is not going to be at the uh, Fredericksburg showing. So patriotacademy.com, that's this Saturday. Uh, you need a ticket to get in, and uh, the details are at patriotacademy.com. Look for Comedy in the Constitution Tour. You'll have a good time. You can bring your grandmother and your kids. It is that safe. All right, following Tuesday, um, April 19th, we are going to have a presentation of the proposed school bond issue of $82 million that the uh, um, Fredericksburg School District wants to build a middle school. And uh, so they're going to ask for $82 million uh, from you. Uh, borrow $82 million in your name. And that's what they're doing. They're borrowing $82 million in the name of every resident of Gillespie County. So if you live in Gillespie County, they're about to borrow $82 million, and your name is going to go on the contract to help repay that loan because you're a taxpayer in Gillespie County. If you want to know the details about this school bond, is it worth you putting your name on the line for $82 million then you need to come next Tuesday night. Dr. Uh, Joe Rodriguez, superintendent, along with an accomplice, will be making that presentation, and there will be an opportunity for questions and answers. That's next Tuesday, St. Joseph's Hall, uh, 6.30 p.m. Um, so there you go. Lots of good things uh, in the next week to help um, to help inform you so that you can make decisions on, on uh, self-governance. Uh, let me give you a little bit of a uh, Ben Franklin, and then when we get back, we're going to be talking to Mark Golaby, and we spoke with him about a week or two ago, and uh, there was a part of his presentation I just wanted to hold off of uh, because I really wanted to spend a lot of time with it, and that is Chapter 313 of the Texas Economic Development Act of 2001. 
Um, how does that affect your taxes? And how does it affect your school taxes? Quite a bit. And so Mark Gullaby is going to be on the line with us here in a few minutes. So y'all hang on. Here we go. Poor Richard says, uh, virtue and happiness are mother and daughter. Hmm. If virtue's the mother and happiness is the daughter, what Ben is saying is that um, if you have virtue, happiness will be what comes out of that. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm shuffling through the Texas sand, but my head's in Mississippi. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I have on the line with me right now, Mr. Mark Golaby. You may know that name. In fact, I think, I hope, he, uh, Mark Golaby hopes that you remember that name from the primary. Uh, Mr. Golaby ran for comptroller um, against Glenn Hagar in the uh, Republican primary. And even though he did not um, uh, take the number one spot in the primary, I believe, and Mr. Golaby also believes, that there was a lot of uh, accountability and um, uh, that came out of him actually running in that uh, race. And uh, I think I kind of tend to agree with you. Mr. Golaby, good morning and welcome to the Matt Long Show. Well, thank you, Matt. Good morning to you. Good morning to all the listeners. Uh, great to be on the show again and uh, appreciate the opportunity. So we're going to talk about money here in a minute. We're going to talk about, actually, we're going to spend the program today talking about um, something called Chapter 313, and this is all about finances. It's about your school taxes. That's why That's why uh, if you think we're getting lost in the weeds on this one, folks, it's very important because this, what we're discussing today, is reflected in your school taxes, maintenance and operation taxes, in the state of Texas, which is the largest part of your local tax burden, is on your school. So pay close attention to this um, because it really does affect you. Now, before we get going and talking about economics and numbers and all of that, tell us why, Mr. Golaby, um, what kind of bona fides, why should we listen to you about economics? Would you give us a little bit of your bio so that we know we can trust what you're saying about uh, money and economics? Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I have a uh, BBA in accounting from uh, Texas A&M. Uh, I have my company, TC Technologies, which does the Internet of Things for oil and gas. Uh, uh, and uh, I've served as a uh, controller for uh, GTE MobileNet, which was one of the precursors to Verizon uh, for the Texas region. So. Uh, yeah, I've been involved in uh, analytics and uh, uh, finance and uh, money for my whole career. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have uh, gone through, and then I spent on the 313, I spent five years uh, digging into it, diving into it, studying it, and then going around the state uh, uh, presenting yes. uh, how it is not an economic development program with a return on investment to the Texas Treasury or the taxpayers. Okay, all so, right. Folks, Mr. Golaby is, um, 
He's a, he's just going over a tiny bit of his bio. If you'll go to Mark Golaby for Texas, F-O-R Texas, um, and look at his bio, bio his his bio. Take a look at his bio. Take a look at his bio, and uh, there will you will see his uh, tremendous amount of experience. And so this is someone we can trust when it comes to talking about financing. Now, I sent uh, Mark an email yesterday. I said, before we get into all the details on 313, I would just like to talk a little bit about the basic, uh, what do we see the government uh, having a role in economic development? And uh, I noticed on your website, chapter313.com, that's real easy, folks, chapter313.com, go check it out. And uh, there's a statement on there that says, uh, and I've just lost it, but it basically says that the government has been engaged with economic development going all the way back to the Erie Canal. Um, uh, what other, you listed quite a few other uh, uh, things on that. Talk to us about what you believe is the basic role of, uh, what, what role should the government play in economic development? Well, that's a uh, that's a uh, a tough uh, question. Um, the one of the primary roles is to have favorable tax treatment, have favorable regulation, have a favorable foundation for entrepreneurs and people to take their ideas and bring them to market to serve uh, their other uh, neighbors. So that's fundamental to it and of course texas does have one of the best business-friendly environments in the united states so we start off from that angle are there uh, programs or, or or opportunities for some collaboration between government and uh, private i i do believe there is uh i don't think they're as uh extensive as uh, what we're seeing today with governments basically subsidizing these companies to come into a very favorable business environment. So uh, from that standpoint, but, you know, you look at some of the things we have done, uh, the use and ship channel uh, is being a great example of a private-public partnership, uh, the, the Erie Canal, the, the railroad. So there's there are areas of uh, development where we can uh, collaborate and bring about uh, good things for the uh, for everybody across the country, but I think those need to be uh, more uh, fleshed out before we start committing taxpayer money to some of these uh, uh, business enterprises. Yeah, just every Tom, Dick, and Harry that blows into the state, do we? You know, we're not just going to write them a check and say, "Hey, bring your business here to Texas, and we'll write you a check." I think that's out of line. I can see your point on the Houston ship, uh, ship channel, and I can, I can agree, agree with you on those types of uh, developments. Um, so tell us about the Texas Economic Development Act of 2001, because this is where Chapter 313 came out of us. Uh, out of where, what was the purpose of, and this sounds like a dumb question, what was the purpose of the Texas Economic Development Act? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad you did bring that up because it, it does go back to some, some history of this. And 
one of the things that it was based upon an article that has been highly, highly questioned that placed Texas as being low in the rankings for uh, new development and new business. Uh, there's, again, if you go through and you get it, there's a lot of controversy as to whether the article is accurate at all. Um, and from that, then uh, the legislature panicked and decided we'd need to go through there and come up with the way. And basically for the comment for everybody that just out there, the taxpayers, what it showed and what the legislature admitted in 2001 is, is our appraisal system is a sham mm. and your property taxes are too high. Mm. All right. So what we're going to do to fix that is we're going to come up with 313 for some people. So they get some relief. Okay, and they get appraisal reductions up to 84, 85, sometimes 99 percent of their appraised value of a of a uh, development. So uh, that we know, we know there's 181 legislatures who know just what a sham our appraisal system is and how obscene our property taxes are. But they didn't solve it for the taxpayers; they solved it for a few people uh, who can go through and prove it. And they didn't solve it for the people who are in these districts. For years, building businesses, raising families, hiring people, and and creating uh, economic opportunity. No, no, no. You got to be new. You got to be shiny. You got to yeah. be something else. Not not you run of the mill people who are out there uh, striving and working to build your businesses for thirty years. Now nah, you're 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 unimportant to us. Those hundred and eighty one guys sitting in Austin. You are unimportant. But hey. This shiny new guy, now he's got something to, to sell. He's got something for us. We're going to give him 99% reduction in his appraised values. We're going to make the other taxpayers pay 37.5% of his school district property taxes. That's hmm. our solution. So I'm going to do a quick definition of uh, Chapter 313, and then we're going to uh, take a break. And I'll when we get back, I'll let you flesh this out. Um, I'm going to try to keep this into one sentence. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Chapter 313 is a way to give tax breaks, big tax breaks, property tax breaks to businesses who come into a local area or town. Did I get that right? Uh, pretty much. And these last for 10 years. So, they, I mean, it's not just something that, hey, let's bring them in. We bring them in and they give them these tax breaks for 10 years. All right, we're going to come back and flesh this out a little bit more and uh, talk about how it affects your tax rate, your school districts. Um, folks, y'all stay tuned. I have on the line with me Mr. Mark Golaby. You can go check out chapter313.com, chapter313.com, and that will really break down probably more information then, uh, well, definitely more information than you're going to get from us on this next 15 minutes. Um, but uh, there's a ton of good stuff there. Chapter313.com. And I am on the line with Mark Golaby. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Folks, we're back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I have on the line with me Mr. Mark Golaby, who uh, ran for comptroller and uh, 
and uh, actually uh, did pretty good job to uh, keep our current comptroller. He had to answer some questions, which if nobody had challenged him, that would have not happened. And so uh, thank you, Mr. Golaby, for uh, uh, for making that run. And uh, so now chapter313.com, chapter313.com will tell you about a whole lot about what we're talking about today if you need a whole lot more details. Um, so basically, give us, give us the, uh, I tried to give us a tiny little uh, uh, explanation of us. So why don't you try it now and tell us 313, what was the point of it? Who's pay, what, tell us what it, 313 is. It's a, uh, a program, again, under the guise of economic development in which uh, a company moving into a school district uh, can then approach the school district to get a, a property value limitations. That's the official word, property value limitation. Mm -hmm. And in this process, for the next 10 years, uh, their uh, investment will be uh, uh, taxed at a much, much lower rate. So, again, anywhere from 84 to 99% of the property value will be uh, reduced, and the levy loss. The levy loss is so if you tax something at a hundred thousand dollars, you get ten thousand dollars worth of, of taxes. Okay, mm -hmm. but if you value that down, if you write that value down to twenty five thousand, then of course you tax it at ten percent. You only get twenty five hundred. Right. So that that levy loss, that difference, is then made up from the Texas Treasury. It's not made up by the school district that's giving this tax abatement. It is actually coming from the Texas Treasury, which is filled by every taxpayer uh, in Texas. In the state of Texas. So, yes. So now you go through there. For example, one of the company, uh, one of the groups that were testifying during the uh, renewal of this agreement uh, testified that they're out in the well, high plains, uh, uh, high ground, I think, development. Anyway, so they're an economic development group uh, in the panhandle uh, of an area of Texas. And they came in and testified that, well, the only economic development tool we use is Chapter 313. So basically what they're saying is, is well, we our local counties and cities aren't going to contribute, but we're more than happy to come to the Texas Treasury and pull out all this economic development money uh, and bring it up here to to the uh, to the panhandle for these projects, whatever projects that they're they're presenting uh, uh, for for getting these limitations. Uh, that again is is not how the program was designed. So um, and so there's no local skin in the game from the school district. Mm. In addition, the school district is able. And this is where it really gets very strange. So after the company saves $100,000 in taxes, let's just put that number out there. Right. Then the school district comes back to the company after getting $100,000 from the state. After getting $100,000 from the state, then they come back to the company and say, hey, could you give us $40,000 back of the $100,000 you saved? And, that, and, that, and these are called payment in lieu of taxes. Uh, I, I'm trying to think there's a, a, another term that the uh, comptroller likes to use uh, for that. But at any rate, so now the school district gets 100000 of what they would have given up, plus $40,000 from the company, 
uh, the company still saves 60000 uh, Then it gets into the complex world of the quote-unquote recapture or Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And right now, uh, according to the Comptroller's reports, there's like 800, 000, $800 billion, okay, almost $1 trillion of underreported assets in the school formulas for recapture. And I'm trying to get a, a more clear understanding of the formulas which are very convoluted of school finance. But uh, we know there's there's $800 billion that uh, is underreported. Those, these are the kind of numbers that the comptroller didn't want to be released anymore. He wanted to change so that we wouldn't be able to know there's almost a trillion dollars of undervalued assets. We wouldn't know that uh, two school districts, um, uh, Goose Creek and Barbers Hill, account for almost 40% of all of the abatements that have been given across the state. Mm. Two school districts? How do two school districts uh, run a program and account for that much of all of the uh, abatements that are given? That's not how the program was was intended to, to even work. The program was designed, getting back to your original intent, is that if you were choosing between a location in Texas or a location, say, in Alabama, we would give you these uh, property value limitations that would then lure you into Texas instead of going to Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, wherever. So... Um, uh, that was kind of the original intent, but more and more and more we see that there's no reason that uh, a company has to explain how they could build this in another area. I just went through and did some analysis for a group, um, uh, and Milano County, and the name of the corporation was Milano Solar LLC or something of that nature, Okay. okay? And so you're sitting there going, you really looked outside the state? Did you look out, out? So you're looking in Montana and decided to name yourself Milano for the Milano School District? Or you're going to, you know, it gets to be kind of a real question mark as to uh, how a company called Milano Solar LLC is looking outside Milano ISD uh, for their uh, development of their project. So you, you get into a whether there's the whole integrity, the whole honesty of the applications that are being put into the comptroller's office. Mm. So let me ask you, you, let me ask you a quick question here. So uh, our, our legislators in uh, 2001 and all their wisdom, knowledge and experience created this program, the Texas Economic Development Act. And uh, there were lots of pieces to it. It was a rather large piece of legislation so now we're 21 years later, if I'm doing my math right. Um, has, has this been a success? Should we praise the 2001 legislative session for their, their bringing this program and, and the tremendous impact it's had on economic development in Texas? Can we praise them for that bill? Uh, unfortunately, not really. And uh, there's even uh, Jensen out of the uh, University of Texas has done studies not only in Texas but across the country on all these economic development plans. And he has calculated anywhere from 85 to 90 percent of 
all of these projects would have come to the uh, area anyway. Wow. So if the, the idea is, is that you, you have an option, uh, but these companies are going to come into the areas they're coming into regardless of uh, whether they get the abatement or not. And mm-hmm. so from that standpoint, uh, you could kind of say uh, the, the, the other uh, aspect of it is, is how is it being administered and implemented, and uh, uh, that's gotten even worse. Um, than what the law has originally intended and written. Uh, had it been implemented more along the lines of, of what the legislature had had uh, lined out, it may not be this billion-dollar-a-year program, almost 1% of the state budget that is not going to government services, not going to government agencies. It's going straight to the bottom line and profits for these companies that are able to uh, uh, obtain these property value limitations. Mm, my goodness. So, um, if I understand it, the Chapter 313, was it the entire act of uh, 2001, or was it just Chapter 313 that expired last year, or the year before last? Um, well, we, we were able, we did rally taxpayers across the country to get it to expire in 20. Uh, 2021 legislature session. So the the act uh, the the chapter 313 has expired. Uh, however, it runs into 1231 of this year 2022. So groups and there are plenty of them now trying to get as the windows closing trying to get their applications in uh, for uh, before it does expire uh, at uh, December 31st. So. Um, does that, does that answer your question? Yes, sir, it does. Now, the next question is, um, I've heard rumors that possibly this might be attempted to be resurrected in the next legislation. Do you have any uh, inside uh, information on that one? Uh, I, yes, uh, yes, I do. And the taxpayers need to be very, very aware of this. And that's one of the nice things about my campaign across the state is I got a bigger database of people uh, who know what 313 is and uh, how it is not economic development for the benefit of the Texas Treasury. Um, and no, uh, on uh, I think it's February 2nd, I'd have to dig a little bit deeper, but uh, in that time frame, uh, the, our speaker... Uh, Dave Phelan uh, came out and said that um, he uh, wanted to resurrect Chapter 313. And so, no, there's a very act. Every one of these special sessions that were called this year, uh, this year, okay, or last year, mm-hmm. uh, every one of them had somebody, somebody who would want to uh, resurrect 313. Uh, and, and, uh, fortunately we were able to go through there and rally people to kind of call them up and tell them that's not, not such a great idea. And so we've been effective in, in keeping it, uh, uh, contained, uh, so far. And, but yes, no, there's a, it's a, it's a billion dollar, uh, subsidy. It's very hard to, uh, for people to, uh, to benefit from it, to want to turn that spigot off. And um, so, yes, no, there's, there's, there's plenty of forces at work uh, to try to figure out a way to do Chapter 313. And um, 
bring about some type of program like that. And uh, to me, one of the things is that these school districts having such a, I mean, think about it, unelected school superintendents across the state of Texas are the biggest uh, drivers of economic development in the state of Texas. Unelected school superintendents are more in charge of Texas economic development than the county commissioners, than the city mayors, than anybody else, okay, within our state. That's the result of that legislation of giving so much of this uh, oversight into the school districts. Mm. Folks, this is, this is, I'm just going to make it really simple one more time. And uh, I know there's, uh, because you're going to be able to get a lot of help from the Hill Country when you we head into the next legislative session, because in Fredericksburg and Kerrville and the Hill Country, our uh, tax, uh, uh, not rates, but our, our um, valuation of our property is just shooting through the moon right now. And, um, and so we you've got a lot of people in the Hill Country concerned, and I think they're going to be very, very willing to stand with you in January. And I hope we can uh, get some folks out there. Um, I know the Fredericksburg Tea Party is always active at the Capitol, and uh, hopefully we can get some folks to work with you on 313. Not hopefully, I know we will be able to. Uh, get some folks to work with you to keep that thing uh, in the grave where it belongs. And, folks, I just want one more real simple. Um, I know you can't buy a house for $100,000 in the Hill Country, but I'm going to use that number. So you buy a house for $100,000, and a company just down the road buys a lot for or buys something for $100,000. They apply for this 313 they may be paying as little as 17 they may be paying if they're according to the value of say $17,000 as opposed to $100,000 was that the state average that you came up with i believe i keep have that number 17 in my head is that the the average or the, is that a number that i've run across Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's uh, most of these limitations on average across the state are eighty-three to eighty-four uh, percent limited. So you, yeah, you're only taxed on the sixteen or seventeen percent. And I have seen projects over in the uh, Beaumont area that were written down ninety-nine percent. If you can imagine uh, having look at your home value and say, I'm only going to pay on one percent. I only want to pay on. 1% mm. of my home value for my M&O taxes, um, then I don't know if people would be complaining so much about their property taxes. Yeah, exactly. If we could all get down to 1%, we would be happy too. Uh, Mr. Golaby, <laughs> uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on. And, um, and again, uh, we'll do our best to help you in uh, the next legislative session if it looks like 313 is going to be woken up. Uh, tell us where we can get more information about your program websites uh well uh, again if you go to the uh mark Gullaby for texas or good today both of them go to the same place good today what i am focusing now on is our appraisal system i do have and i've gotten several senatorial districts uh at their conventions to put in a to start to look at having appraisal districts elected, not appointed by the tax collectors, elected by the taxpayers. Mm. And that's one thing that we want to work on this session to get some type of, maybe some type of control of this appraisal process. And I'm also digging in and looking into uh, the whole 
how we're doing appraisals, and uh, how we need to reform it. Uh, I kind of go through there and, and uh, say we need to overhaul our whole appraisal system. First step is is create boards that are elected by taxpayers. Mm. Uh, and that's that's one of the key things. So if you go to my good governance dot today, you'll see some of the things that I'm trying to achieve uh, there, and we'll be pushing in at the state convention, and then again in the legislative session. All right, folks, you're going to have lots of opportunities if you're a delegate to the state convention. You'll have the opportunity to um, uh, get this in the platform or the priorities. And then in the next legislative session, folks, you know, uh, Fredericksburg Tea Party has been going up now for four sessions. And you'll have your opportunity, if this is the burr under your saddle and you want to fight this in the next legislative session, we can hook you up with uh, Mr. Mark Golaby, And I'm sure he would appreciate all the help he can get to uh, get some of these ideas at least heard in the legislative session. Mr. Golaby, thank you again for taking the time this morning. Yeah, yeah, Matt, also real quick, uh, also another thing we're going to get into the platform is not to renew Chapter 313. We okay. had repealed Chapter 313 in the platform before. Now that we've successfully gotten that, now we need to go through and say not to renew Chapter 313. So that will also be part of the state convention efforts. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you there, and uh, thank you again uh, for taking the time. Folks, um, you bet, Matt. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a short break, and uh, we will be right back. Do you know what's going on at the border? How's your produce department looking at your local grocery store? Folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. There is a mystery wrapped in an enigma covered in secret sauce. All right. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. folks we are back thank you so much for staying tuned again our last guest was mark Golaby. go to chapter 313.com check it out it's a very very interesting lots of opportunities to fight this in the uh, uh at the uh, uh state convention the republican party state convention coming up in houston on june the 13th and uh, i will be there all week i'll be doing the uh, the program from up there I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it live or if I'm going to have to uh, record my programs at night and then send them in. I am on the rules committee for the Republican Party of Texas at the state convention. So I will be there uh, working full time. Um, I think I'm going to be there for actually I'm going to arrive on Sunday and leave on Sunday. So I will be there for a full week and uh, hopefully get you some insider information on uh, what is happening at the RPT at the convention. Anything that is uh, publicly available, I'll be able to report. Um, Of course, I'm not going to be able to tell you about all the secret meetings in the back smoke-filled rooms, um, but uh, I will uh, report to you on all the rest of it. So here's the mystery. Here's the mystery. Do you have any idea what's going on at the Texas border? Because there is almost no news coverage of this at all. In fact, I'm quite shocked 
that Abbott is just not going on every program everywhere every day talking about what is happening at the southern border. I first uh, got wind of it by listening to the Hill Country Patriot. Imagine that. It came on the news yesterday morning as I was getting ready to come into the program and at the top of the hour news, and I apologize for not knowing the name of our news service, but uh, at the top of the hour, there was a story about the trucks backing up on the Texas border to the point where they are now clogging the Mexican side of the border, uh, the other side of the Rio Grande, um, and uh, that trucks are backed up so far that they can't get across the border. There's already um, issues happening down there. There, I believe there's some kind of union that's protesting. Um, it's kind of interesting. The um, So what has happened? Why are we not hearing about this? Um, I did find an article on the Epoch Times right now. The Epoch Times, I know a lot of my listeners are familiar with that. It's well worth a subscription. Um, and so the Epoch Times uh, has an article on this from, let's see, what date is this? This is April 10th. So this was t uh, two days ago, uh, three days ago. Um, several ports of entry between Texas and Mexico has have suffered major slowdowns. So what is happening? So the DPS, and by the way, by the way, this uh, idea that Abbott's using this, um, it, this idea was bandied about quite often during the primaries uh, when uh, candidates for the governor, um, like uh, Alan West and Don Huffines and Chad Prather and some of these other guys, one of the ideas that came out of those, and honestly, I can't remember who said it first, but they all seemed to, all three of those uh, serious challengers seemed to agree with one another. And they said, you know, we have a right to pull over um, a truck uh, for a, a, uh, an inspection. Um, you don't have to, you and I, they can't just pull us over just to inspect us. If I'm driving down the road and my uh, uh, old Honda um, they can't just say, oh, pull up our, we want to inspect this old car. Now, if your light blinkers, if your lights out or, you know, something like that, that's obvious, they can pull you over for not having functioning stuff, but trucks are different. Commercial trucks are different. They have the absolute right to pull over. I believe any truck at any time and say, Hey, we're going to do a, an inspection on your vehicle. And, uh, so this idea was brought uh, forward by the challengers in the primaries, and lo and behold, here is our Governor Greg Abbott. Governor Abbott is taking one of these ideas and trying it. I guess I should say thank you, Governor Abbott, um, for listening to your opponents. And uh, so now we're getting to see what this looks like. So they've been backed up now for about three days, and what they're doing, as soon as the trucks get across the border into U.S. territory, some DPS uh, pulls them over and says, hey, we're going to inspect your vehicle. Um, and uh, they do everything. They could, listen, folks, they could spend a whole day on a truck. I mean, a truck's pretty big. You know, how many wheels are on there? How many tires? Can you check the tread depth on everything? And so as this is happening, you know the uh, what's going on the other end of that line. It's all of a sudden they can't get across the border. And uh, so about a quarter of our crossings, we have 28 crossings, um, uh, I believe it's 28 crossings, and it's either about a third or a quarter of them. I'm trying to scan this article. 
Um, so they have uh, shut down a portion of these. Let's see, 28 land entries uh, and seven uh, seven ports of entry are being blocked right now. Three times seven is 21. Four, four times seven is 28. So a, uh, a quarter of our port entries are clogged and backed up and shut down. Now, where does your produce come from? Go to HEB today. Where's your produce coming from? Vast majority of it is coming up through Mexico. They've got produce trucks with rotting produce on them on the south side of the border. They're running out of gas. Their refrigerated units are running out of gas. Um, you're, and so you go to the grocery store and, um, yeah, prices are going to be up or there's not going to be there what you're normally used to getting if it comes across the border on a truck. So Mexico's not happy with that. Finally, uh, today, I believe they have started speaking out. They very put out a statement. They don't agree with uh, what Texas is doing. Well, bless their little hearts. You know, what they need to do is get control of their southern border and maybe tech or their northern border, and maybe Texas would start being a little nice to them. So um, get ready for um, Lorraine is coming up. She's got all kinds of things to talk about. And uh, I'm in uh, 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 3, 13. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? Folks, y'all stay tuned uh, for Lorraine, and I'll see y'all manana. <laughs> 